Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Oh, glory! Go with me to Isaiah 66 this morning. Hallelujah! We want to uh, begin looking at some things today uh, regarding the position of prayer. The position of prayer. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, just in seeking the Lord, uh, Everything, everything that the Lord has ever uh, moved us into and asked us to do uh, in the ministry, uh, most generally, I say most generally, all the time I could say, has been in response to a prolonged season of prayer. And uh, it is uh, our responsibility as believers, not just, now when I say this, I'm talking about the church specifically, uh, any local church. It's our responsibility to bring the light of God into our city. It's our responsibility to bring what God wants out of our body into our city. Brother Hagin said something one time. He said, the church has to give birth to whatever the Holy Spirit wants or is going to do in the earth. The church has to give birth to it. Uh, there are things that God desires for us to see. There's things that God desires for us to be a part of, but they have to be prayed out by the body. They have to be prayed out by the local church. And that's not just obviously the pastor or the leadership. That's by the body. That's by every person taking hold and praying in a certain direction. All right, this, is, this is what God desires. This is the direction that we're going. This is the direction that he's putting us. Amen. And in Isaiah 66, we see a scripture here. This is talking about, and Isaiah is prophesying that the natural nation of Israel will be born, reborn as a nation. But he, he makes a statement here. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Then he makes this statement. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. So he's saying the natural nation of Israel will be reborn as a nation. But then he says that in the spiritual, Zion will travail and bring forth her children. In Hebrews 12, we see this even clearer. Because the writer of Hebrews calls the church Mount Zion. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burn with fire, nor the blackness and darkness and tempest. You're, you're not come to Mount Sinai. You're not come to the mountain in the desert where I gave the law to Moses. That's, he said, he's saying that's not where you came. All right, that's not the mountain you have come to. 
he says in verse 22, But you are come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. So the writer calls the church Mount Zion. And so as the church prays, we give birth into our city. We birth into our state, our nation, our world, what God desires to do. What is so important about local churches is God does not place them in cities for no reason. God did not place us here because we're like anybody else. He did not place us here without a reason, without a purpose, without a plan for why we're here. We're not like every church on every corner. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, if, if you look around Little Rock, you look around uh, uh, the, even the suburbs in Little Rock. I was driving home the other day through Maumelle, and I counted probably four or five, and I say little just because that's the way it is, little churches in, in little areas and little places here. I mean, four or five or six of them between where I get off and when I get home. There, we got a lot of churches, but there's not another one like us. There's not another one that's called to do what we're doing and called with the vision that God's given us. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? And so there's something that has to be birthed into our city. And it has to be birthed out of the prayers and the intercession of God's people in that body. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? The wave... Or the move of God in the earth today. What God's doing in the earth today is not the product of intercessors today. It's not the product of prayers today. It is the product of people praying yesterday. What God's doing today is the result of what somebody prayed yesterday. And when I say yesterday, you mean yesteryear, years ago. Things that people prayed out in the spirit that God birthed in the earth today. Hallelujah. Do you see this? We're walking today in this church and in our locations in things that God birthed into our spirit over 20 years ago. And we just prayed them out. We just prayed them out. But what I'm sensing more and more in my spirit is that we're, we're coming not to an end but we're coming to this place where, okay, now there's more that has to be prayed out because there's another level. There's, a, there's another dimension that God wants to move the church into. And he's saying, I need people to help birth this into the earth. Hallelujah. This is the position of prayer. Intercessors, people praying today, will keep the wave going. What God wants to do, there, there's a requirement that you pray to move things along. Hallelujah. I, I, I look back over the, over the years, and prayer, of course, has always been, you know, people, if you talk to Christians, they'll say, well, yeah, you know, prayer's important. Christians are supposed to pray. Well, yeah, we, we are. We're supposed to pray. 
But there are things that should occur when we pray. Not just an answer to our prayer personally, but things should shift, things should, should move. What, in, in, the er, in the early days, in the early days, I, I remember reading the uh, biography of a man named Reese Howell, Reese Howell Intercessor. And of course he was uh, uh, in England uh, uh, before World War II, but even during World War II. And, and they, they, you'll have to buy it and read it, but they, they prayed many things out. But he was known as such a man of prayer. One day he was looking at some property that he would like to have for his school. And, but it was owned by another gentleman. And uh, uh, he was looking at the property and kind of looking over the wall and looking at the property. And somebody went and told him that Reese Howells was looking at his property. And this man said, well, how can I get in touch with him? I'm going to sell it to him. And the guy said, why? He said, because if Reese Howell's looking over my fence, it doesn't do me any good to want to keep it. It's, uh, now, now the, the thing that I'm saying is that was the norm. There, there were people in church when I was growing up that if they, you ever got on their prayer list, you're going to change or be so miserable that you can't get any sleep, you can't get any rest, right? Because so-and-so's praying, or this group is praying, amen. You give that, you give that little group of people somebody's name, and, and listen, they're either going to get saved or be miserable, right? Hallelujah, because there, there, there's something being birthed into the earth. There's something that is brought onto the scene when people begin to pray and they begin to, to move into those realms of the things of God. Hallelujah. And so as God begins to move people to pray, things begin to be birthed. And so many years ago, I learned that. And, and, and I was raised up. I was raised Pentecostal. I was raised up praying. But I remember when I began to apply myself to it. And here's why. Because God began to deal with my spirit that there was something more that He wanted for our ministry. There's something that He wanted for us. And here's the thing. The way things have come are the way they will always come. The Lord's been reiterating that to me recently. Hallelujah. We, we've all used the, 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 heard the illustration that the problem with sometimes with... with uh, 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 and I hate to use this word, but the, let me use it this way. The problem sometimes with sons and daughters is this, is they want everything mom and dad have in half the time and half the effort. Right? And, and that's why if you're always given stuff, you're, you might be hurting the child. Is that right? Why? Because there's something to be said for having to work for what you drive and work for where you live. Right? And, and work for the check that you get. Right? The way things have always come are how they'll always come. Hallelujah. So when God began to deal with me about that, I began to apply myself to prayer. And, and in the beginning, it was just, Lord, I just want what you want. I, 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 my desire is what you want because I didn't know what he wanted for our life and ministry. But the more I prayed about it and the more I prayed it out, 
the more I prayed it out. Not prayed it through, prayed it out. All right? Because you pray things out and God begins to give you a step. God begins to give you a direction. God begins to give you a, 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 a map, if you will. And the more you pray it out, something begins to be birthed. The Lord told me years ago, prayer was the lungs of the Christian life. But then the, the more I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this and studying this, I'm seeing something. Not only is it the lungs of the Christian life, it's the womb of the Spirit. When, when you begin to enter into prayer, you begin to birth something into the realm of the natural that God wants to see in the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look, look, look at John chapter 3. And so what God wants to do in the city, I was talking about local churches and purpose. Little Rock is strategic. That's what the Lord said to us. It's strategic. It's strategic that we're where we're at. Amen. I'm not talking about the physical location of the building. Uh, in the city. Hallelujah. It's strategic. We're here for a purpose. John chapter 3 verse 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, there, there's a couple things here. We're going to read the next verse. But notice what it says. The kingdom of God, again, is a system. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about the system. Angels are not in the system of the kingdom of God. Why? They're not born of water and of the Spirit. They're spirit beings. To enter into the kingdom of God's system, the kingdom of authority, the, the authority of the system, you have to be born in the earth. You have to be a man or a woman, flesh and blood, bone woman or, or man to operate that system. Now notice what he says, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So in perfect context, of course, he's talking about salvation. But notice this. There are things that are born of the flesh. There are ideas, there are concepts, there are plans that are born of the flesh. They're just fleshly plans. And that will profit you to some extent. But the things of God, notice, the things that God desires are born of the Spirit. They come out of the Spirit realm. A young man, uh, a minister, I had the privilege of, of, of knowing uh, Brother Joe Jordan. Uh, he, was, uh, he was an associate minister with uh, a mom and dad Goodwin, uh, uh, Reverend J.R. and Mrs. Goodwin, who were best friends with Brother Hagan, uh, pastored the First Assembly of God Church in Pasadena, Texas. And uh, uh, Joe Jordan was on staff, and, and I had the, the honor of knowing Joe. And he made a statement. He came to Brother Goodwin one time, with a, a list of, you know, things that he thought would be good things to grow the church and, and, you know, ideas and these different things. And he said, I'm so glad he did this. He said, Brother Goodwin looked at me and just very sweetly, he, he took it and said, you know, this looks good, looks nice. He said, but uh, me and mom, that's what he called his wife, he said, me and mom have found out that if we just pray in the Spirit, do what the Spirit says, 
or pray in the Spirit, hear from the Spirit, and do what the Spirit says, that's enough. I'm not saying there's not things that we do, but you can, you can build a church, you can build a ministry on different things. But if you don't build it on the Spirit, and what the Spirit says, you're birthing a fleshly thing. It's got to be birthed out of the Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, I've, I've, I've had people say, had uh, uh, people say recently, you know, that our church doesn't do anything to help the homeless. Well, you don't know what we do. We help every month. Just because I'm not handing out $50 bills to everybody that comes to the front door and wants money doesn't mean I'm not helping. I'm not building my church on fleshly events. I'm not trying to build, I'm, I'm not trying to be a place where somebody says, well, you can, I could fit, all I'd have to do every Sunday to fill every seat in this room is hand out a free meal and some clothes. But what would people be coming for? The free meal and the clothes. And I'd feed them a meal and give them a shirt. And I'm not against that. We help do that. But what I'm trying to say, there's something deeper than that. There's something deeper than that. And it's got to be birthed out of the Spirit. Even the natural world knows if you want to gather a crowd, give them hot dogs. All you got to do is go down on the street corner and say free hot dogs and you'll attract a crowd. But here's what they'll do. They'll leave with a belly full of hot dogs and their needs won't be met and their life won't be changed. Jesus said if you want to see change, you got to get what's birthed in the Spirit. You got to get what's birthed in the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So the things of God are by prayer. The things of God are by prayer. But here's the key. But they're by God's will and God's time. They're by prayer, but by God's will and God's time. Hallelujah. There's so much spiritual activity that's going on right now. There's, there's so much activity in the spirit realm. Things are moving. Thing, listen, even, even throughout the, uh, I, I told my wife something today. And, uh, and I, I haven't said a lot of this about this publicly. I may have mentioned it once. But, you know, the Lord told me over and over again, He said, the, the deception in many areas is going to be exposed. He, I, I was praying that for two years, that the sword of the, the, sword of the tongue of deceit would be dulled and the sword of the tongue of truth would be sharpened. And I don't know if you remember, it doesn't matter if you, if you did or not, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's in the news, you can look at it. Uh, the Lord told me, He said concerning New York and California, and He, and he talk, talked to me specifically about those two governors. What was the name? Cuomo and Newsom. And He made this statement. He said, they think that when they persecute the church, they're just persecuting a natural entity. He said, they are not persecuting a natural entity, they're persecuting me. And then he made this statement. He said, and they will pay for it. And he said, the things they're doing behind the scenes are going to come out. And they're coming out. Amen. Because what you do in the flesh, what you try to do and hide in the flesh will never work. 
It's, it's, it's by the Spirit. Now, the reason I'm saying that is look at everything that's going on in the world, but yet God's got something going on in the church. And He says, I need the church to birth it. It's by God's will and God's time. Hallelujah. God sets the will and the time by prayer. The, the things of God can be sped up by prayer or hindered by no prayer. The things of the world, the things of the enemy, are hindered by prayer. Because there's things being birthed. Understand this. If a body doesn't pray, there are things that God wants to move into a city, that God wants to move into a, a, a state. Things that God, listen, we, we rejoice over these good bills that have been passed through our legislature. Amen. Where if effectively, as of today, effectively, uh, abortion is illegal in, in Arkansas. Praise God. Now that, that'll probably be challenged, but you know what that means? It'll have to go to a higher court, and it'll give the Supreme Court the opportunity to overturn Roe v. Wade. But here, here's the point. That didn't just happen. The fact that we have all these godly legislators, that didn't just happen. It's, it's not a coincidence that we have a saved, spirit-filled governor. It's not a coincidence. Somebody, some years ago, was praying that this would be a godly state, a godly city, a godly county. Am I helping you? Somebody was praying. Well, they're not as godly as you think. Well, I understand that thinking. But when you've got the overwhelming majority that are voting godly, something happened. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a coincidence. Amen. That some of our senators and congressmen and women are ordained, spirit-filled preachers that don't look at that as a job. They look at it as a ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, what happened? It was birthed in the Spirit. God sets the will and the time by prayer. Notice, we'll look at a couple verses. Notice in uh, uh, Daniel chapter 9. The place, the position of prayer. Hallelujah. When you have people that will pray, and when I mean pray, I don't just mean pray, Lord bless the church, Lord thank you, Lord help us. No, Lord, this is the direction we're going. This is the plan. This is the purpose. This is the desire. Amen. Things begin to change. Daniel 9 verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So he's in captivity, he's been taken away, and he says, in this time frame, he says, I read in the scrolls or whatever, the books is what the King James says, the number of years 
right? 70 years. So I saw that it was going to be 70 years. Then notice what he says. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So I see that we're coming up on that. He says, I see that we're coming up on this period of time, this 70 years. And notice what he said. He didn't just read it and go, oh, well, praise God. There it goes. 70 years will be done. He started praying. Right? When God came to Abraham, remember what he said? He said, and your seed will go into bondage for 400 years. Is that right? 400 years. That's what he told Abraham. They'll, they'll be in bondage for 400 years. Yet the book of Acts says it was 430 years. God just miss it? You know, mis- miscalculated? No, no. We, we know what happened. Moses got out of the will of God. Now, wait a minute. Moses got out of the will of God. And what happened when he got out of the will of God? He delayed God's plan for 30 years. Now you say whatever you want about the Israelites. It says that the reason God came down to them was because of their groanings. They cried to him. There, there was a group that was crying to God. And the Bible says he heard their cry and came down to deliver them. Well, he did come down to deliver them, but how did he do it? He moved on a man to get involved with his plan. When God wants to produce something in the city, in the state, in the nation, in the world, he'll start, he'll start motivating his church to pray, to get into that position. So notice that. So Daniel saw the plan and prayed it out. This is the will of God. But it had to be prayed out. It had to be prayed out. Say that out loud. It had to be prayed out. Had to be prayed out. Somebody's got to take it and pray it out. Whatever it may be. Notice in uh, 1 Kings 17. He prayed it out. And... uh, This is uh, verse 1, chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord of God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. There shall not be. Now, first of all, we think, well, what's that have to do with prayer? Because James 5 and 17 says that Elijah was a man of like passions like as are we. But it says, yet he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain on the earth for the period of three years and six months, and it rained not. And he prayed again, and the Lord gave rain. All right? So we see here, he prayed. Remember we said God sets the will and the time by prayer. So he prayed and said, it's not going to rain on the earth for three years and six months. And it didn't. 
Until what? He prayed again. So what does that mean? Here's what this means. The rain wasn't just going to start again. There's a mistaken belief that just because God wants it done, it's going to happen. Somebody's got to birth it. God will come to... Listen, let me give you an example. When... uh, I've got several, but this one keeps coming up to me. When uh, 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 Pastor Caldwell, the Lord began to deal with him about starting a church. And uh, uh, he didn't just jump right up and do it. Matter of fact, uh, uh, his own testimony is that uh, he, he, he drug his feet. And he said, the traveling ministry started drying up. He said, I couldn't book a date no matter what I did. And he's praying in the downstairs bedroom of Ed Dufresne's house in Southern California. And the Lord says, I want you to go back to Little Rock and start a church. Raise up a spiritual production center producing life, city, state, nation, and world. Now, but wait a minute. What was he doing? Praying. And you know by his testimony, God had asked seven other people to do it. Did God want it done? Did God want it done? But he waited for the seventh person. So it didn't get done until he did it. How, How did it happen? He birthed it. Amen. There's a willingness that follows it. So the Bible lets us see that it wasn't just going to start raining. And people will say, well, if it's the Lord's will. No, 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 no. That's not right. It was the Lord's will for you to be saved years before you got saved. And yet you didn't get saved. Right? Well, well, what happened? Well, somebody was praying for you. Amen. Amen. My wife and I will watch things every now and then. Somebody will survive a disaster, right? And we'll look at each other and say, somebody was praying for them. Somebody was praying. Because it's not, that if, is there any such thing as luck? No, no such thing as luck, right? So if something good happens, who did it? God, right? So it was God's will for you to be saved long before you were saved. But at some point in time, you came to the recognition that you needed Jesus in your life, ever how young or old you were. So Elijah said, he prayed, there's not going to be rain until I say. Right? And then he had to pray. He defeated the 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, and then he had to go pray. Seemed like God would have just said, Woo! Boy, they cleansed the, 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 the land of those wicked priests. Boy, I'm gonna, whoo, I'm gonna pour out the rain. Mm. No, Elijah said, I, I've got to go pray. Do you see that? Does God give cities to churches? Yes, churches that pray. But you're not just gonna arrive and get a city. 
Amen. You're, you're not just going to show up and do, and do uh, acts of service and get a city. You can mow all the yards you want. You can paint all the fences you want. You can pick up trash. You can have every street in the city named after your church. We're sponsoring this, this street. Well, that's a good thing. But are you doing what God told you to do? Are you birthing something into the earth? Hallelujah. Do you see that? The Woos Bible says he prayed fervently. So fervent prayer will change the course of a city. Fervent prayer will change the course of a nation. It'll birth the plan of God that he has for a ministry. It says he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and it did not rain upon the earth for three years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. Hmm. So he prayed to stop the rain, and he prayed to start the rain. Hallelujah. God needed someone to pray. John Wesley made this statement. He said, it seems that God can do nothing in the earth unless someone prays. And people have questioned that over the years. Well, I, 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 don't, quite, I, don't, I don't know why that is. Because, number one, he's given man the authority. Our city is not in the hands of whoever the world tries to say it's in the hands of. It's in the hands of the church. And what the church does with it is what's going to happen. Hallelujah. That's why people will tell you that the nation is in the hands of a certain group of people. The nation is in the hands of the church. And it will go the direction of the church. And unfortunately, here's what I see a lot of the church doing. Oh, we give up. We lost. What do we do? <laughs> and you want to just say, hey, put on your big boy pants and let's get praying and birth something into the earth. Hallelujah. This, are, are you with me today? Now notice, he needed someone to pray. God may want to do it, but he needs somebody to pray it out. It may be what he wants, but he needs somebody to birth it. Notice Acts chapter 1. And uh, we'll read a few verses here. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, Jesus he's speaking of, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Then verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Now notice, here's the promise. But then verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. What do you got to pray about? God said what he wanted to do. But it's not just going to happen. Notice. With the women, Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. The word accord there 
It means one mind, one passion, or unanimously. One mind, one passion, unanimously. So Jesus said the promise of the Holy Spirit was coming next and for them to wait for him. But notice they didn't just wait. They continued in prayer and supplication. Prayer and definite request. Concerning what? The Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many ministers I've heard say, God wants a move of God. What are we doing about it? There's things that God wants to do. What are we doing about it? And God gives every church an assignment. Now, I'm going through a lot of this about prayer to to lay the foundation. God gives every church an assignment. Our assignment is build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. That's our assignment. So they didn't just wait. They were praying. The Woos Bible says these all continued to give their persistent attention. Now notice that. Notice it says all of them. What happens when a church, all of them, starts giving their persistent attention to what God wants to do through that body? You get one mind and one accord. And moving towards a common goal. What God wants to do. Now here's what this does. Here's what this does. It takes out of the equation, what do I get to do? And it becomes something where I understand that my gifts and my callings and my anointings are for that body that God's placed me in. And I'm pushing towards that. Amen. That doesn't mean that people won't have a ministry to go somewhere outside and minister, but it means this, that I'm not here just to cultivate my ministry and sharpen the edge and sharpen my, my sword and get the practice in, and then I'm going to go do my own thing. If I'm part of the body, my right arm has never got up in the morning and said, I'm going to go do my own thing. It goes the direction that the head tells it to go. Is that right? Amen. Now, I realize if you've raised teenagers, sometimes you wonder if their heads are connected to every part of their body. But here's the point. <laughs> you understand? And that whole body is pressing towards the same thing. When people come to me and they say, well, you know, I just want to use my giftings and talents. Well, start out by praying. Start out by pushing the boat down the stream through prayer and seeking God and what does God want to do for the body. It is, it is far more important that the body succeeds and not just the pastor and not just the minister and not just certain parts. Because when we all stand before God and we've done what God told us to do in our city, I'll receive the reward, but then I'll just turn around and pass them to everybody that helped us do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So notice... He said they continued with persistent attention, with absolute unanimity into prayer, which was characterized, this is so important, by its definiteness of purpose. They had a definite purpose for why they were praying. They were praying about the promise of the Father. They had a definite purpose for what they were praying and why they were praying. There must be in the church 
a definite purpose for why we are praying. There's that general praying. Of course, we pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. We pray for, for those in authority. But then there's a specificness about what God wants the ministry to do and, and the direction that God wants to move the ministry. We have to pray so that what God wants to do is not lost. So that what God wants to do is not lost. Every generation has to be skillful in prayer. And they have to be skillful in prayer so the move of God is not lost. Hallelujah. When, when, when you've seen things over the years, and a lot of this is common knowledge, but you've seen things over the years, and it seems like a move of God will show up. One in, in recent memories, the, the Brownsville revival uh, in Pensacola, Florida with Pastor Kilpatrick, and, and that was a tremendous move of God, tremendous anointing. But here's the thing. That Father's Day that Steve Hill showed up, that wasn't just a coincidence. They had, spend, they had been spending weeks and months and I dare say years praying that God would pour out His Spirit in their church. There's a lot of things that God was correcting, a lot of things that God was doing. And He brought a man there that could be a catalyst, watch this, that would be open to flow with what God was doing. It was not Steve Hill, it was the prayers of the people. Do, do you see that? And, and there are times that you step into an environment where people are praying that things will move a certain direction and you step into that environment as a man or a woman of God and it's the easiest thing in the world to flow in that anointing because people are praying in that direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it has to be prayed out. We have to be skillful so the move of God is not lost. And, that, and that's some of the situation that we face and that we see nowadays. I was talking to a young man about that last night. And he was talking to me about how Christian, uh, we call them Christian entertainers. I didn't know there was any such thing. But, uh, uh, you know, and, and when they introduce them, they, they don't say, you know, here is so-and-so, uh, uh, you know, whatever. They say, this is so-and-so, and they are a recording artist with blah, blah, blah. Well, they just happen to sing Christian music. But how are they referred to? A recording artist. And so what we've got is, is we've got, and, and I'm not against any, any modern things. Don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. But at some point, we have transplanted birthing things in the spirit for attracting crowds. Right? And like I said earlier, it doesn't take much to attract a crowd. Hot dogs and popcorn will do it. Amen. Just put a sign out there, free hamburgers. Well, people are going to pull in and see where the free hamburger's at. And they'll line up outside to get a free hamburger. And we've entertained them and we've fed them and, Right? But here's the thing, here's the thing. If they drive by next week and there's no free hamburger sign out, they're going to keep on driving till they find another free hamburger. 
right? What you build a church on is what you got to sustain that church with. If you build it on spaghetti suppers, you got to keep it going through spaghetti suppers. If you build it on hamburgers and french fries, you got to keep it going on that. If you build it on being edgy and you build it on having all the modern accoutrements, if you build it on entertainment and you build it on the wow factor, you got to keep it going that way. And guess what? Nothing was birthed. You can just replicate that. We got churches now just going around replicating themselves, not in the spirit, just we go into town and we do this and we have this certain thing. I'll be very honest with you. I don't care who starts a town in my church and I, a, a church in my town. Maybe our church will be so big we can start a town, but it really doesn't matter. I don't care if they buy a building right next to mine and start a brand new church. They are not called to do what I'm called to do in the vein that God called me to do it. It doesn't matter. If I'm birthing what God told me to birth through prayer, there will be people that want what we're birthing, and they'll come for it. Hallelujah. Amen. I've seen that over the years, and I've talked to pastors, and they'll say, well, you know, so-and-so starting a church. Great. Praise God. What do you mean, man? What if he takes some of your people? Look, baby, if you can leave me, you weren't mine in the first place. It's just that simple. I mean, it's just that simple. Hallelujah. We try our best to keep our sheep so fat they can't jump the fence. But the, 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 point, the, the point is, even if you've got to waddle under, the, the thing is, the, the thing is, is this, is that's not the issue. It's not who starts a church. It's are you doing what God told you to do? Hallelujah. I had a guy tell me, they're starting three new churches in DeSoto. I said, praise God. Man, I've been here 20, almost 23 years. Do you think that bothers me? In, in the first year, we started that ministry there. In the first year, four churches started up. None of them are there today but us. And, and I'm not bragging on us. I'm just saying churches come and churches go. But it's churches that are birthing something in the Spirit that are saying, I'm not going to lose what God called us to do. Amen. Amen. Am I helping you? Yes, Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? And, and, and whatever you, you build it on, that's what's got to sustain it. I would rather have a church that knows how to pray and knows how to birth things into the spirit, in, into, the, into the natural from the spirit realm. I, I would rather have a church like that than to have a church that everybody thinks is trendy and cool. I'm not saying we're not. Y'all are cool. But the, the, the point is, is at the end of the day, it's, it's the fruit of changed lives. And we, we can't lose what God's asked us to do. Because the more I pray about it, and, and I say this very carefully, there are things that others, my pastor, others birthed in Little Rock through prayer, that we got to pick them up and see them through or they'll be lost. We got to pick them up and see them through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say out loud, we got to pick them up. 
See, we got, we got to pick them up and see them through. Hallelujah. Or they'll be lost. We do this through prayer. I say we do this through prayer. Look at Galatians 4. Galatians chapter 4. And verse 19. He says, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So travailing or praying again until Christ is formed in you or until you are walking in the fullness that God has for you. What has been birthed in our city can be lost if we don't pray. Can be lost if we don't pray. I'm, I'm talking about our part. What's been birthed can be lost if we don't pray. Hallelujah. We have to be hungry for what was once delivered to the church in this city. Got to be hungry for that. For what was once delivered to the church in this city. You know, my assignment, my assignment is clearer now than it's ever been. I mean, Pastor Michelle and I have been, been knowing this for months and We've been pressing into the things that God wants us to press into. But you've got to understand that when God desires something in that city, then there has to be a hunger that accompanies that. That was delivered to the church in this city. Hallelujah. Notice in Genesis 26. The way things have come are the way they will always come. Genesis 26 and verse 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water that they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the day of Abraham and called their names after the names by which, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. This is what we do in prayer. We dig again, or we uncover those wells of revelation, those wells of a move of God. Hallelujah. Isaac was Abraham's son. He went, notice, notice this is important. He went and dug the wells of his father. He didn't go dig a new well. He dug again the wells that his father had dug. Do you see that? He was going after what had once been delivered to his father. Hallelujah. The wells were there. They had been stopped up. They were still there. He had to unplug them. He had to unstop them. Hallelujah. 
You know, I ministered, I think it was a couple years ago, uh, in, in the beginning of the year, and I, I ministered from the book of Ecclesiastes, where it said, why do you look at the previous days and say they were better? And Solomon said, that's not wise. What used to be is not better than what was. It's that the same well is not being drank from. There was not a greater move of the Holy Spirit 50 years ago. It's that some in this generation are not partaking of the same well. If you're partaking of the same well, that same move is there. Hallelujah. Pastor Michelle and I are part of the Fresh Oil Fellowship with Pastor Nancy Dufresne, of course. Been there for a number of years. And, and I'll just say this publicly. When, when you walk into those Holy Ghost meetings, it's like walking into one of Brother Hagin's services. That anointing is there. There are people that carry that anointing. It's just there. They've partaken of it. And here's the thing. They've not tried to change anything to attract more. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've seen this, and, 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 and if you have, you're very intuitive. I told my wife, I said, I want to move away from all of this bubblegum pop music that's being touted in the church, and I want to get back to those things that were anointed and that had impact on people's lives. Amen. I, I can remember, and, and I'm not just talking about songs and, and, and old and new, but I mean, I, I remember being a boy and going to church, and we had just a little chorus we would sing. Some of y'all will remember it. It just went, sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. Right? Yeah, y'all know it. Well, I can, I can remember just being a little kid and just standing there, and the presence of God being so rich and so tangible, and people weeping, and people coming to the altar, and get here. Here's the thing: it's not just about old school, new school. It's the well. It's the water that came out of the well. To see, it wasn't the song; it was the anointing in the song. Glory to God! Because you can sing things for entertainment. Or you can sing things to be anointed. This is important. Because it's, it's, it's what we're birthing. We're not birthing an entertainment center. We're birthing a church. We're birthing a palace that God can be glorified in. Amen. My wife and I talk to each other all the time. And we say, what do we want our church, our new building to look like? It's going to be a palace. It's going to be a palace. Why? Because that, that, it's a place for the king. Hallelujah. Am I helping you with this? So he said he went and dug again. Notice, he dug again the wells of water. Now I realize when you, when you preach down these lines that, that people kind of draw their own conclusions. I'm, I'm going to say this. I know why I'm here. And I know what the Lord told me. So I'm not saying somebody else is not doing right. I'm saying this is what the Lord told me to do. So 
it was the same well, the same water, but notice it had been stopped up after his father died. Amen. In the, in the, you, can, you can read it in the book of Second uh, Kings. It makes this statement. Uh, you know, Solomon, of course, reigned and ruled in, in Israel for 40 years and had peace all around about him. The Bible says there's no king that matched him in wealth or wisdom, right? And when he died, his son Rehoboam took the throne. And the people came to him. Jeroboam and others came to him and said, look, you know, we're with you, but your father made our, our, our lives were, man, we had to work so hard. And they did read it. They had to work hard. And he said, uh, if you'll give us a break, we'll be with you. And he said, well, let me, let me talk about this. So he went, and the Bible says he went and he consulted with the, and the Bible uses this phrase, the old men. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Length of time on the earth does not mean you have wisdom or that you're smart. I know some very ignorant old people. And I know some very smart old people. You say, what is old? I don't, I don't know. If you don't think you're old, don't put yourself there. I'm just saying. Amen. I told somebody the other day how old I was, and they went, whoo, and I thought, well, I don't know what that means, but I know what they were thinking. Boy, you look good for that age. Praise God. But I think. But anyway, here's the point. He said, he went and consulted with them, and they said, if you'll ease their burden, they'll be with you as one man. But it says he forsook their counsel and went and talked to the young men. Now, there's nothing wrong with young. Don't misunderstand that. The, the, the point is, he forsook the counsel of the people that had helped his father build the greatest nation in the earth. And you remember the story. He lost ten tribes. One stayed with him. Amen. So, my point in saying this is to say that the Bible talks over and over again for people not to go into the field of the fatherless. That means we're not supposed to be doing our own thing over and over and over and over again. And each succeeding generation starts at the genesis of their anointing. And this is what I think. At some point, somebody's got to say, I am going to place my anointing and the call of God on my life under the vision of what God wants to do in that vein. Amen. Do you see that? And so you have offshoots. Well, well, this is what we do. And people will come and take over a ministry and change the vision and change the direction and change, right? And call it progress. It's not progress. Something was lost. They lost something. Amen. And the Lord says that they had to dig that again. I want what God wants for this city. I want God to move us into all that He has for us to do in this city. The Lord told Brother Hagin, He said, What will this move be that's upon us? And He said this, Everything God has done before plus. 
everything God has done before plus. Hallelujah. He said that there, we're coming into that place where the ministry gifts will operate in their full potential power. I believe that. There's a phrase the Lord's been giving to me, and I'll share it with you. And it says, I believe the city is in our hands. We have to birth it. That's what I believe. I believe the city is in our hands, and we have to birth it. Hallelujah. The edge, Brother Hagin said this in, in July of 1983, the edge of it is upon us now, but when we get into it, thinking will not be necessary to decide how to deal with this one and that one, for the Spirit will move on you and for you. We're in the edge of this. James 5 and 7. I'll try to, try to end with this. Not try, I can, but I got to work on it. Hallelujah. Definite purpose. He says in James 5, 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Precious fruit of the earth is sold. People that need to be born again, people that need to be touched. Peoples whose lives need to change. And the Lord said to us a couple months ago uh, when Brother Leonard was here, he said, we're at the door. And that things would begin in March. Now, obviously we hear that and we, and we look to see a big shift in the natural. Things, began, things had begun before then, but in, in March they really came up to another level where spiritual things are concerned and pressing into them. Things will begin in March. He said in September, he was here with us in September preaching, preaching about the four rivers in uh, 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 Genesis. And one of those rivers, I believe it was the Pison, means abundance. And he said there was going to be an abundance that began in these churches and it was going to go through the last quarter of 2020 and for the next 36 months. It was going to flow. Well, we're seeing that. What, what, why is that going to flow and happen? Because we need buildings. We need places to do what God's asked us to do. And we're going to press into it through prayer. Through birthing it into the Spirit. Understand something. I don't want what anybody has in the sense of, I don't ever look at someone's building and say, boy, I'd like to have that. I, I, that's, that's not my purpose, and the Lord knows my heart when I say that. My purpose is, I want the spiritual things that have to be picked up. What do we have to pick up in the spirit realm? We're going to pick it up through prayer. We're, we're going to pick it up through birthing it into the, into, into the spirit. And into the flesh through the spirit realm. Amen? I believe God. And so prayer is the womb of the spirit. I want to today, uh, we of course it's the first Sunday of the month we receive the Lord's Supper. I want us to uh, receive these elements today.
uh, in this, this atmosphere. You know, I made the statement that God may want to do it, but He needs somebody to pray it out. And uh, I, I've seen that over the years, but when, uh, oh my goodness, it, 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 it's been 20, 24 years now, thank you, 24 years now, uh, because I was, uh, when the Lord began to talk to me and Michelle about the things He wanted uh, for our life in the future, uh, we were we were in a church. We were minister, actually ministering in a church, and uh, just uh, during that time, we'd been there a a, a few years, and uh, just during that time, I just started sensing that there was something more. And it, it wasn't a knock against the church. It wasn't a knock against the pastor. I mean, that's not the point. The point was I began to sense now. The reason I'm telling you this is the, the, the things of God, the things of the Spirit, they're, they're, they're steps. And, and generally, they're, they're leading to another, another level. But they're, they're steps. You take a step at a time. And so uh, I just, I did what I always knew to do. I just started praying it out. And uh, Pastor Michelle and I kind of laughed for the, for, the, for the first few years of our marriage she thought it was the most normal thing in the world to go to bed alone because I, I stayed up and prayed. Night, nighttime was when I prayed. And I, I'd pray all night because I wanted to know the plan of God for our life. Because you can't, you can't just luck into things. That's not how it works. And so I would just stay up and pray. And the more I would pray, I don't want to say... Uh, the only word I have is there, there was just an uneasiness. It was just, uh, there's something more that God wants to move us into. And uh, so eventually, uh, the Lord spoke to me, and He said, I want you to give your two weeks notice at this ministry because they had me on salary, very, a little salary, very little. And, uh, but in any event, uh, I, I gave my two weeks notice, and, and uh, uh, the pastor got upset with me, and and that was fine. I mean, uh, uh, not fine that they got upset, but I, I knew what the Lord had asked me to do. And uh, so we ended up, uh, uh, for just a short period of time, uh, uh, having some outside meetings, actually one that ran for three weeks. And uh, during that time frame, I was invited to the, the church that now houses the Kansas location to minister. And, and I went and ministered. A lady... Uh, uh, her family had been touched at the church where I was at. We, we were in a move of God, and, and some of her family had gotten healed. And so she went to that church, and she told them they should invite us. And so we went. And I thought, I, I, I went on a Sunday night, and quite frankly, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. When I walked in that church in DeSoto, I thought, dear God, I'm glad of two things, that I don't have to live in this city, and I don't have to pastor this church. I am so glad. Because I walked in that church, and it was 1970s blue carpet. I mean, it, it was like stepping back into my Assembly of God days. Amen. Nothing wrong with those days. They were great days. But my point is, is this, is that, so I ministered that Sunday night, and I thought, Phew, that's over. Praise God. And uh, so the pastor asked me, will you stay? Will you run us a revival from now till Wednesday? Well, I couldn't say I had something to do because I didn't. 
So I couldn't lie. So I said, okay, yeah, I will. And uh, uh, that, it was that Wednesday night that the Lord spoke to me when I was preaching. And I was preaching a message, by the way, called Right Where You Don't Want to Be. And the Lord said, make yourself available to pastor this church. And so I did. And, and of course, the rest is, as they say, history. But here's what I didn't know. Here's what I didn't know. Now, some of y'all know Ron Poole, Ron and Deborah. And uh, uh, Ron, of course, works for the ministry. Uh, I've known Ron most of his life. And uh, when I went to that church, uh, he, of course, he was there. But his grandmother was there, Jean Tillery. She's in heaven today. And, of course, his mom, Kathleen. But uh, Jean was a praying woman. I mean, she could pray heaven and earth together. And uh, I, I, I miss her sometimes because she was, she was really a praying woman. And uh, she was getting just a little group of women together. And uh, it's not that women are more powerful than men. It's just they, they'll, they'll generally get together and pray. And uh, she was getting this little group of women together that was praying. And they were praying for a pastor that would come and preach the word of God and not be pushed around by people that didn't want it. Now, I don't know what all was going on beforehand, but they were praying for, for the word to be ministered in its entirety in the church. They were praying that for years. Well, I look back on it, talking to them and, and others, I look back on that, and when God started really dealing with me that a change was coming was when they started praying. They started praying, and God started putting the desire in me to do something different. Because they were birthing something. Deep calls out to deep. And when we start praying here, God starts moving things in the Spirit. And, and however He's got to birth it is how He'll birth it. And so, so part of that move of God... Part of what God did in that church, and it's don't misunderstand, it's not me per se, but what God did to move that church to where it needed to be, He had to bring somebody that would get in line with His flow. When something is abandoned, when a revelation is dropped and something else is picked up, God will start moving on somebody's spirit to come and pick it up. I know why I'm here. I'm here to pick up things that God doesn't want to be lost. I know that. And I'll tell you why I know that. Because I was content. I was happy. I was, and I am still am. I'm, I'm, I'm even happier now. But my point is, I had no desire to go plant another church, to go somewhere else. And right here, boy, it started again. And I started talking to my wife. I said, something is going to happen around 2012, 2013. We have been praying this church out since 2012. And I didn't even know there was going to be a need. But God did. Hallelujah. And so here now we are these years later, and now it's time God says, now there's some things. You've walked that out. You've got there. You've started the church. You've got it going. Things are running smoothly. And now there's another place you've got to move into. And all of us are going to pray that out. And we're going to move into it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
So you have your elements there today. And of course, we're remembering the body and the blood of Jesus. But even more than that, it's a covenant meal that says, God, we're going to do what you've asked us to do. And we're going to move into all of it in Jesus' name. So, Father, we take the bread today and we thank you so much that it represents the broken body of Jesus Christ that was broken for us. To heal, to cure, to mend all of our broken places. Lord, our broken hearts, broken minds, broken spirits. Lord, for healing in our bodies. Restoration of our youth. Lord, we thank you for that. And Father, it represents a healing in the brokenness of our families. And we receive your healing today. And we take it, Lord, as a covenant token of what you want us to do. And we'll see the body of Christ, our part of it, flourish in this city. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You can partake of that bread today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we praise you. Lord, we glorify you in the name of Jesus. Father, we come to the cup today and we thank you for the meaning in this cup. Lord, concerning the remission of our sins, the death to the sin problem where the believer is concerned. But Father, we focus today on the covenant aspects of this cup. We thank you that there's blood between us and God. And that, Lord, we stand in that covenant blood. And we make demand based on it. And we thank you that all that you've promised will come to pass. And we make that declaration based on the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, Father that that covenant is intact, that that covenant is real and stronger today than it's ever been. And we receive all the benefits from it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You can partake of your cup today. Thank you, Father. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I believe God. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. When we receive of communion, I Lily was talking to us the other day, and of course they receive communion in uh, baby builders. And, uh, she was talking to us about the they have the little packs that we have, and she said, "Yeah, we we did something the other day." I said, "Yeah," and she said called communion I said okay and she said and we ate this bread and it was yucky and so <laughs> unleavened bread hallelujah but God's good to us amen let's stand up today thank you for being here today thank you thank you Lord thank you